and um, I hear the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh**, it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson. And thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. Welcome back to Lodge Tales, everyone. I just decided to run Taryn's last part of uh, of her interviews with me, and she shares stories that she was told by, you know, our aunts and uncles. One of them's about this laughing cow. Um, another one's about this snake spirit. Then she tells her own stories about uh, she heard like a thousand, you know, thousands of voices one time when she was running through the woods. More about voices outside their house. And um, I tell a story about my sister when she heard those. Uh, well, an owl flew up and was talking in and scared the hell out of her. I, I, I tell that story in there. And um, it's not going to be a very long episode. So I'll go ahead and throw another owl story in there real quick here before we get back to Taryn. So this was the first time, now I don't know if I ever told this on the, on the podcast, but if I did, I apologize, but here it goes again. This was like the first time I could ever remember being, you know, spooked, I guess you would say, or, or experiencing something paranormal or the other, whatever you want to call it. And we were out into medicine over at my uncle Bill Weatherwax's house. Um, when we were, okay, so... The adults used to, you know, all gather over there. And it was just a little one-bedroom house, this little red house, right next to the ditch bank. And um, if you guys don't know what a ditch bank is, it's an irrigation canal. And there's a road on one side of it. You can drive all the way down to the main highway and get to town from there. So their house is kind of way out in the country there. And uh, I remember always, you know, I was really an adventurous kid. I was always getting... Getting into things I shouldn't be into, going places I shouldn't go, you know, <laughs> probably a handful. But uh, it was at night, and they were all in there, you know, doing their adult thing, and hear them dancing, singing, laughing, crying, all of it. And uh, well, see, they were all in there drinking. Well, anyways, um. All my sisters, you know, Andrea, Sherry, Marquita, Shelly Kay, Chas, they used to always keep me in that room, you know, when when they'd all be in that living room or in that kitchen, all those adults, and we'd stay back there. Well, it was one of those nights like that, and uh, all I remember is all those men went running out of that house, and that was out of the ordinary, you know, they never, I, I don't ever remember hearing them all stampeding out like that. So I ran to that door and I, I opened it, that bedroom door, and I ran out that front door because it was just straight ahead through the living room. 
jumped off that porch and I could see my uncles walking toward this. There was an old tax shed over there and um, it looked like a little barn. And uh, there was a red horse trailer parked there and I remember there was a outside light out there on a big post. Well, as I jumped off that porch, I caught myself because I almost fell and I looked up and um, well, I could hear old men talking Indian, you know, just old. And as I looked up on that horse trailer, I seen about, geez, I don't know, it's a handful of owls up there, seven, eight, I don't know, there's a bunch up there. And they were all talking Indian. Well, really, I could just hear two of them, but those other ones were kind of making mumbling sounds too, but I heard two of them talking, but I didn't know what they're saying. And, um, I seen my, I remember seeing my Uncle Daryl reach down and grab this old siphon hose and he was throwing it. They were chasing him away. And Bill, I want to say James was there too. And, um, they were throwing rocks, whatever they could at him, chasing, you know, chasing him away. Just as I was really watching to see what was going to happen, oh, my mom grabbed me and she jerked me in that house. Get in here, what are you doing out here? Don't be running out, you know. And that's where my memory stops. I don't remember going back in that house, you know. I was really small. I kind of did the math on this and I was about, oh, well, I was in head start. I still had braids and, uh, yeah, I got pulled back in that house and I remember as a kid just thinking, what was that? How <laughs> the birds talk? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I guess I was confused as, as a little kid. I couldn't make sense of it. But uh, yeah, that's the time I heard those owls talk. And um, if y'all don't know it, you know, there's a lot of things that happen like that, that are, you know, really spiritual, really holy. Like those eagles, you'll hear them sometimes at those sweats. You'll hear them talk too. It's, uh, it's one of those things where you talk about it and it almost sounds like you're nuts. People think, oh, this guy's pulling my leg, whatever. But when you're there and you hear it, it's really, how would I describe it? It's really humbling it's really feels like solemn you know like you should just be quiet and i've always because i've heard them twice you know in those sweats and i i've always felt well i guess a little honored i guess i'd say um to even be able to hear them you know talk like that but that's why you know the you, you kids if, if you're out there listening and you know you're wondering if you should go raise hell or something. I would challenge you instead. Just go to a sweat. Go around these these holy people. You know, hang out with them. You know, get involved with all of that. Our old ways. Because they're still there. And they need your help, you know. They, they would like help. You know, we, we need this. We need our ways to keep going. We need someone to pass them to and. You know, things that, the older I get in my life, I realize that too. And um, I'm just thankful that there's a generation beneath me even that's into it. And even the one below that. I know there's a lot of kids that are into it and that are going to be into it when they're older. But I would, not, not just in myself, but I know there's a lot of people that would like to see that keep going. So... Try to get involved with it. Seek these people out and just hang around them, you know. If they're going to have a sweat, show up. Sweat with them. Um, learn what it is that you need to learn there, the proper etiquette and how to how to conduct yourself, you know, what to do, what not to do while you're there. You know, because it's one of those things that it, it you got to live it to really be... To, to really learn it, you know, you got to practice those ways in your everyday life. It, it's a lifestyle. It's not something you can just read a book about and then go do it. You know, it doesn't work like that.
So the more you hang around it, the more you'll be included. You'll be given rights eventually, you know, hang around it, you know, be around it your life. You'll eventually be able to start passing that knowledge on to your kids or to whoever you, you know, see fit. Because we do need this to keep going. Um, one of the stories I was told goes like this, and I'm not going to mention who told it, but I think about this a lot, and, um, this man told me, um, he says, I had this dream, he says, uh, I was standing on these hills and I was looking down and I can see this, this encampment, and there was a bunch of, you know, Indians there, a bunch of Blackfeet, and, uh, they're all happy hear the kids playing everybody was moving around you know it was a busy camp it was just perfect you know and uh the next thing I looked back again and it was just quiet there was no the camp was empty there was really nothing going on in there everything was still he says I looked back again and those old bundles those medicine bundles that they keep back in them days, they kept on tripods right behind the lodge. And he said those bundles jumped off of those tripods and they start rolling back up into those mountains. And uh, I guess they were saying um, something to the effect of uh, we're not going away for good, but we're up here. We'll wait for someone to seek us out. You know, I think about that a lot. Because our people have survived through a lot of things. You know, we were, we were damn near wiped out. I think at the lowest point, all Blackfeet of all three bands, I think there was only around 2,000 of us at the lowest point. Whereas in the highest point of population of us, there was around... I want to say upwards of 200,000, maybe more, before the coming of the, the white people. Um, and we've made it through all these, these horrors, through pandemics, through, you know, uh, war, uh, genocide, the boarding schools. Um, today, everybody knows very well our struggles. That we have today we have so many of our young people old people going missing so many of us are you know not doing well as we used to and it reminds me of the camp being quiet so i encourage you young kids anybody out there that's listening go get involved with it I said if you're thinking of raising hell just just give that a try once but remember before you go to anything holy like that always always be sober you know I was told you have to be clean and sober for at least four days before you go to a sweat or any holy doings like that so remember that and all good things are on the other side of hardship so these are good ways and it's hard you have to do the right thing it takes a lot of discipline there's a lot of tests you'll be put through you know and um as long as you keep honesty in your heart and you try hard everything will always work out for you it's always too easy to turn to those drugs, to that alcohol. But we forget that we have the power within ourselves to make it through anything that's put in front of us. And if you're into drugs and alcohol really bad, just remember what I said. Keep honesty in your heart. You know, be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people around you. And just try hard. With whatever you're doing and it'll always work out 
you know, there's our death rate on our reservation in Browning is pretty high. On average, there's about three deaths a week. And all of us have lost people. All of us. Every last family on the res. So, I feel bad over that. Yeah, uh, like I said, I see that empty camp. But the people that do the sun dances, the sweats, the bundle keepers, the pipe carriers, all of them, they give me hope. That I know everything's going to be alright in the end, because they try hard all the time. And no one's perfect, and everybody makes mistakes. But at least they're there, and at least they try. So, to all you, and you know who you are, thank you. Well, let's get into Taryn's rest of her episodes, and we'll finish her out. Alright, thanks for listening. Okay. I'll tell you about the one from my Auntie Sam that she told us after we got older because, um, you know, at wakes and sun dances, me and Danae would always be buggy or good. Like, tell us ghost stories. Tell us ghost stories. And <laughs> just like little kids, you know, just biting up our ankles. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, no, you guys are too young. Go, go back to bed. And me and her would just get like so offended. And we'd be like, why are we so like, why, why not? We, we're old enough. We can handle it. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was, uh, we were maybe, wait, hold on. Okay, so, we, um, we were probably about 16, 17 years old mm-hmm. when they finally start telling us stories. <clears throat> and that one time, we went up to um, our auntie Sam, and it was at a wake. I can't remember whose wake it was. But we were sitting there, and it was probably about 3 o'clock in the morning. And she was like, you guys ready to start telling ghost stories? And everybody was like, yeah, let's start telling ghost stories. And she said that um, this time, when her and all of her friends, like, you know, back in the day when she was younger in her drinking days. Mm-hmm. She said that they were all like going around the hump, you know, like towards like, um, you know where that's at, you yeah. know, um, mm-hmm. like around Red Blanket. Yeah, Brown Mountains there, yeah. Yeah. So she said that they were all going up towards there and all of a sudden their car broke down. And they were, like, trying to get it started again. It wouldn't turn over. Mm-hmm. It just kept, like, you know, clicking, like, So while they're, like, they all jumped out, and they're all trying to, like, you know, check the engine, check everything. And um, so that there's, like, a, like, a field of cows on the right side. And all of them were, you know, just minding their own business, just kind of not pasture, just eating away, I guess. And then one cow stood up oh. on its hind legs, and it started laughing. What? Ha 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 ha! And it started like dancing towards them on its hind legs. Yeah. And she was like, "Let's get this car going! Let's get this car going!" And so they did. They um, they all jumped back into the car, and they kept trying to turn the car over, trying to turn the car over, and that cow kept laughing and dancing towards them, but on its hind legs. And it got to the fence, and it jumped the fence, but with, like you know, just with its hind legs, so it just had its back legs, you know. And it was like laughing and it was smiling at them. And it was like, ha, 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 ha. And she said that once it got closer to the car, the car finally turned over. They finally got out of there. 
and they just kind of, she said once the car started, mm-hmm. that cow just kind of dropped down to both floors, you know, and it just kind of like went back to being, acting like a normal cow. And I was like, no, and I started eating that grass again. <laughs> but yeah, she, she told us that story and we're like, what the hell? Me and Danae could never forget that story. We, we always called it the, um, the laughing cow story. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's pretty... Yeah, she's a... Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I can tell you uh, my Uncle Nolan's story, too. Yeah, I'll tell you one that he told me, too, after this. Ooh, okay. Um, all right, well, I'll go first, okay? Okay. So he said that you know that um you know where he lives right now in that that double wide trailer mm-hmm. that he lives in? Yeah. So you know that blue flood house? Yeah, that's that old one. House? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he said that before um before the flood trailer coming. Mm-hmm. He used to live in that um that old old uh, flood house and he said it was just him and a, a couple of his dogs that lived inside mm-hmm. and so he said that he was sitting there and his dog kept barking and barking and barking and he was like what the hell and so he peeked out the window and he could see something peeking around his trash can that sat up you know um you know, there's that first guardrail, and then there's that second guardrail that kind of sits up on top of the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that second, that's where that um, the yeah. trash can used to sit. And he was looking out there, and he was like, what the hell? And he said, something was, like, peeking out there. But it wasn't, like, a um, shape. He said it looked like a bunch of snakes. Ooh. And so he just kind of like drew his blinds back and he was like, oh shit. And he went and ran, like he grabbed his gun mm-hmm. and he um, grabbed his dogs. I think he had two of them. And he opened up that door and he stood outside and he was like, whatever you are, show yourself. And that thing, like it come out from that kind of trash can. Mm-hmm. And he said it looked like a head of snakes. He like Medusa. Yeah. But like without a human face. Mm-hmm. It was just all snakes. Like covering the whole entire thing. Like a ball of snakes. That was like running towards him. Weird. And he starts shooting at it with his gun. And his dogs were like barking at it. And um, I think his dogs knew that like, not to go too close to it because it was just a barking at it. But it would run at his house and then it would bounce off something. And then it would like go back behind that um and then it would peek out again at him. He'd be standing there with his gun and it would run back and he was like, Oh what the hell is it? Because he knew that, you know, he had a protection over like his house mm-hmm. like protection barrier pretty much yeah it would run at him again and it would just bounce off and then it would like go back behind that trash can and he kept like peeking out at him and so every time he kept trying to shoot at it but it wasn't doing anything and so he like told his dogs to go back inside of his house so he made them go back to the house and he shut that door and he just stood there and he just kept watching it. Like, it'd come out, bounce off that protection barrier, and go back behind the protection. Run out, go back, bounce off. And he's like, you have no power here. He's like, why are you here? He's like, you're making a fool of yourself. Hmm. And he kind of laughed and then he just like went back in and so I was like, told his dog, he's like, well, all right. He's like, He's like, that thing can't be getting here. And it never did. And he's kind of like, went to bed after that, he said. <laughs> yeah, those guys all have pretty strong, you know, protection like that. 
barriers, everything, you know, everything they have. I ain't gonna act like I know everything he has, but I know those guys are pretty holy and, you know, not, not, a lot of things can bother them. I know that. Well, here's, so the one I remember him telling me was, this happened a while back and I think it was in that same house. Um, so the Smithsonian ended up giving us a bunch of bones back that were Blackfeet bones. And, uh, these, I was just a little kid. And, uh, this is when I remember hearing it when I was younger. Well, they brought them back in these wooden crates and they gave them to Buster. Buster was, you know, he was keeping them until they went and buried. I want to say they buried them in an old agency somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. we had a big ceremony. I was there when they, when we buried them and I was there as a kid, but I remember just playing around, not really paying attention. I was too young, but, yeah. um, they had them all stacked up in that one closet and Nolan was staying over there. And, uh, well, he, you know how he can draw? He really draws good. I guess yeah. he was drawing pictures one night and, um, it was, there was snow out. He said, uh, he heard a truck pull up and that West door he had barriered off, like blocked, like locked. So you couldn't, you'd have to come around to that East door and use that East door. Well, he said there was a truck that pulled up. Somebody got out. And went up to that west door and knocked on it. And he said, go around. And he knocked again. Yeah, go around. And he said, um, well, they, they come around, walked into that other side of the door, knocked on it, and he said, come in. And nothing happened. He said, huh, I guess they don't want to come in, then. Well, whatever, keep drawing. But he finally got up and he went out and looked. Geez, there was no truck tires, no tracks of somebody walking, nothing that came in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's just one of the stories I remember from him. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. He has a lot of, um, a lot of stories. He, um, I remember he told me and Janae a couple of stories of, like, you know, his dad, Buster. Mm-hmm. About, like, you know, when he was a, cop hmm. um, she said that uh, that one time when we were out of the Sundance towards um, you know upper tumor mm-hmm. we were well, just me and Janine like after everybody cleared out and got all their stuff just me and Janine stayed in that big old WTP it was huge Yeah. and I was like I was like Janine just me and you were here she's like I know it's kind of spooky, huh? And I was like, oh, I was like, here. Like, you know, it's like, we couldn't, we just could not go to bed. And so, because we, we had to keep that fire going. Mm-hmm. And um, so we kept it going, but then we could hear uh, her dad, Nolan, standing outside telling like different stories. Yeah. And so we ran out there. We're like, oh my God, tell us stories. <laughs> so we, we went out there and he was like, all right. And she said that when his dad, Buster, was a cop, there was a woman that got killed up on, um, around that bend that like just right before we were staying, staying at, like, Nevada. Where was that? And, it's upper tumid. Oh, okay, yeah. It's like a turn off, like right before upper tumid. You know, like where like tourists go up there. Yeah. To, like, mm-hmm. that, right? So um, it's just like a turn off right before there, where you go down there and there's like a little campsite that we go back there. Yeah. Um, he told us he said there's a woman that got killed, um, in a car wreck. Oh wait, no, I think she got murdered. Hmm. Right up there. And uh, she'd always scream, help, help me. And um, she was like, yeah, my dad always told me, don't listen to her because she's she's just lost. And there's nothing we can really do for her right now because she's so she's been gone for so long, we don't really know what to do for her. Hmm. And she was like, he would like, you know, tell, tell his dad, like, oh, okay. And so that night, when she was telling that story, we heard up in the mountains, Help! Help! And me and Danae, like, 
And we were like, we're gonna put a bed now. And he's like, well, you guys gonna keep that fire going? And we're like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> we ran back in that teepee. And, and I was like, oh my god, Janae, what the fuck? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was back when, um, yeah, that was back when Buster was like a, I think he was a sheriff or a cop. I don't know, something like in the 50s. Yeah, he was chief of police yeah. at one point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's when that happened. Mm, that's sad. Yeah. He um yeah, for him to tell no one that and then no one told us that and then we heard it that night. <laughs> and I thought that was so scary. Like I felt like the blood jump. Like, it was just like draining out of my face. I was like, Oh my god. I'll I remember that one time, you know, when the very first time you called me and you told me that you were starting up Lodge Tales? Mm-hmm. And I told you, I was like, oh, yeah, I have a good one to tell you. And it was about the time I ran across um, the bridge, like, in the middle of the night from Joshua East to Joshua West. Yeah. Um, I can tell that story. Yeah. So it's pretty good. And probably, okay. So it was back in uh, 2012 at a graduation party. And everybody there was like, you better jump in or else you're going to get left. So everybody started jumping into vehicles and I just followed my friend. So when I did, I didn't realize how drunk she was. Mm-hmm. She, um, as we got further down the road to the stop sign from uh, the crossing of Highway 89 and Joshua Road East, mm-hmm. that's when the car broke down. And that guy looked at me, he's like, hey, what are you going to do? Because I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, I looked at my friend. I said, Tiana, you need to run with me. I was like, my house is not that far away. I was like, we can run. And she was so, so far gone. So I was like, I'm just going to go because my house is on Joshua Rock, Joshua West. And I said, I'm just going to run. So I looked at her and she couldn't even she was like incoherent and i just like felt so bad looking at her like i was like i'm leaving my best friend Mm -hmm. but i need to save myself because i'm not going to stay here in a broken down car while my house is not even like a mile away said so i am just gonna go and I just jumped out from the door and I start heading towards Joshua Road West. But that's like quite a ways. Yeah. So I start running down the highway, sprinting, actually. Sprinting down the highway. You know, back then I was like in really good shape. <laughs> yeah. So I could. And I, like, soon as. I I just remember like when I was running down it, there was like a light behind me, but it just slowly started to fade away as I start entering the tree line. Mm-hmm. And as I entered the tree line, it just went completely black, and all I could hear around me was like nothing but whispers, for like thousands, mm-hmm. not hundreds. Thousands of whispers all around me. And I was just running. I just, I could not stop sprinting. And I was like yelling out loud. I was like, please stop talking to me. I'm just trying to get home. I live here. I grew up here. Like, I was like telling them, I was like, my name's Taryn Williamson. Please just stop, stop talking to me. You're scaring me. 
And after I start yelling, you're scaring me. Mm-hmm. It was like the whispers kind of start fading away, just like a little bit. And then um, I got to the bridge, ran across it, and then I went down Joshua Road West. And that's like where I seen an opening of the gate towards my cousin Angel's house. Mm-hmm. And I just, I seen that opening and I just went for the beeline. And I just start sprinting down that field. I mean, I didn't care if there's like gopher holes or anything. I just was just sprinting to her house. Because I could still hear like, like I couldn't understand what they were saying to me. But they were talking to me, but I don't know what they were saying. And I was just telling them back, like, please stop talking to me because you guys are scaring me. And then as soon as like yeah, like as soon as I got out of that tree line, they kind of slowed down. They stopped after I got closer to Angel's house. Mm-hmm. After I hit like that, you know, like where they would have like that medicine, uh, you know, to medicine days where yeah. they have that 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 track for horses. Mm-hmm. As soon as I hit that track, and I was running straight down, uh, that's when it stopped. I but I was like sprinting. I mean, good thing I was like back matter. But as soon as I, I ran up to Angel's house, I was banging on her. And she's like, oh my God, Tom. She's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, just bring me home. Just bring me home. I can't run all the way to my house. And she was like, okay, yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can do this. And so she got me to her car and she brought me down to my house and she was like, what, what happened to you? And I said, I don't want to talk about it. I really don't want to talk about it. She's like, really tell me what happened. I said, there's voices on the trees. And she was like, okay. She's like, I don't want to hear it now. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, it was, um, most scariest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Jeez, I used to take Brian and Daniel out. We'd go on night walks down there. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'd take them out. And one time, uh, let's see, who was it? John Lee was with us, too. And uh-huh. uh, I can't remember that other kid's name, but yeah, there was about four of us. You know that old trailer that used to be way down there past that slough? Yeah. Uh, in that little field there? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. so creepy in that thing at night, but I'd, I'd take those boys, we'd walk all the way down there at night, and I'd walk into that trailer, and we'd, well, we'd stop right before, and I'd take off, and I'd run, in, I'd run inside that trailer trying to scare them. <laughs> and they were scared to stay out there by themselves, but they were also scared to go in. And I was just messing around with going in, and I was telling them, look, don't be afraid of the dark, you know, I... It, well, that's just, I was just at the military, and, you know, most of our ops were at night, so... I was trying to, you know, show them how how important the night can be for you, you know, at times. not Just don't be afraid, you know, you can use it sometimes. So that's what I was trying to do. But we'd, we'd go back, we'd run back through that trail. Jeez, I'd take off and I'd out-sprint them. I'd get way up there where I knew they couldn't see me. Brian was at the said dive into that, to the brush, and I'd lay down. They'd all come running by, and then I'd jump up once they ran by, and I'd sprint past them again from this time from behind. <laughs> Oh my! I just kept messing with those kids. That was a lot of fun. But anyways, we never got bothered down there ever. You know, at night when I was really? down there doing that, yeah, we never did. Oh my god! You should have heard what I like. Oh my god! Because I was like sprinting through those, like across that tree line, across the bridge, and then straight up, you know, take that right onto the Joseph Road. Mm-hmm. God, you should have heard those voices. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were saying. I really, to this day, I can like, hear it in my mind, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they were saying. It was just like, <sighs> but it was like a thousand voices talking all at once, like in my ears. And I had to scream, like, Please stop talking to me. I'm just trying to get to my house. Like, it was like I was pleading to 
just to get through that that um treatment. I'm glad I've never heard anything like that down there. Probably, oh probably wouldn't God. take those kids down there. Probably wouldn't no, do any of that. No, <laughs> no, no, for sure. It was horrible. <laughs> um, or like that one time when uh, me and Raquel, we were sitting there, and um, it was just me and Raquel. I don't know where anybody else was. I don't know where Brian was. My parents were, it was just me and her sitting at the house, you know, on that trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, we always kept the kitchen light on because I don't know why. I think we always felt a little um That time she was watching cartoons and I was sitting on the computer, which like sat like perpendicular from the TV. Mm-hmm. So I was like in the same area as her. And, um, it was in the summer, so we had the windows like you know rolled open. Because that trailer you have to roll, like you know, like that old amazing. <laughs> so you have to roll the windows open. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, um, you had those windows open, and I could hear like people talking and I looked at Raquel and I said turn off that TV and she turned it off and I turned off my computer but I didn't have anything going on like you know no noise or nothing Mm -hmm. and I turned off my computer and we're both standing there and we can hear like two um not like two old men talking to each other but an Indian Like standing outside of our window, oh. and I just looked at her and I was like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "I'm scared," and I just like rolled up like really fast, and I was like, oh god! And all I did was just sit on the couch with her, and just hug, like, and we just hugged each other. And just watched cartoons, but we played it really loud so that we didn't hear anything else talking outside of the window. Oh, that's crazy. Wonder if it was those owls again. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know because it it was at nighttime. We yeah. don't know what it was or who it was, but it was just me and her home. I can listen to her like, hey, you know those two old guys talking outside of her? It sounds like two old Indians. Yeah. Like two old men. That's how they sounded when, when I heard those those owls <gasps> talking. They sounded like old men, like that talking Indian. Really? Yeah, there was just one that flew up and landed on that. that uh, well, see, we, we put that big porch on your dad's house when me and Amber lived there. We had... Uh, the college come out and those they did like a project and we had all the material that was colleen's porch that she was going to put on her trailer but never did it was still set beside that house and we just brought it over there they set it up and got it all tacked on to the to that house where your dad stays now and anyways there used to just be a porch that went straight off and there was two handrails that led off that grandpa had built yeah. there and she was sitting out there mm-hmm. talking on the phone and one of those owls flew up and was talking to her in Indian. And yeah, she ran in and I guess it was saying, um, saying, help me, feed me. Ooh, but saying it in Indian, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah see, like, <laughs> oh, that makes me so, like, that just, like, gave me goosebumps. Because <laughs> yeah, the way they were talking, like, it, it was two of them talking to each other. Yeah. And that's like, because me and Raquel, like, we, you know, we turned off the TV, turned off the computer. Mm-hmm. We just stood there and we listened, like, really close to that window. And they were talking back and forth to each other. And I just, like, rolled up that window really fast. And I just grabbed Raquel and I was like, are you scared? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, me too. And I was like, but we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if they were going to do anything, they would have done it already. And she was like, yeah, that's true. You know, we were both, like, really little. And we didn't know what to think or 
you know, like, why would people be talking outside of their windows? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we just, um, I just grabbed her and I just held her and we are just both hugging, hugging each other, watching TV, but we were scared, but we didn't know what to think of it. I'd be scared too, Kipes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you can hear it. It was two, it sounded like two old Indians talking to each other, for sure. I got one more story. Okay. It was just, um, when I was probably about maybe seven or eight, I guess. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep. Well, JJ, um, you know, my cousin JJ, mm-hmm. who's out at the house. And um, I remember falling asleep on the couch. And Raquel, she was, you know, big mama's baby. Yeah. And she would always sleep on my mom all the time. And I woke up because I heard, wake up, wake up, Jared, wake up. Hmm. And I was like, I, I was laying there on my couch and I was like, oh my God, you guys are buggy. <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's my little cousin, my little sister. I was like, gosh, you guys are buggy. And then I kept hearing, turn, wake up, turn, wake up, turn, get up, come on, turn, get up. And I was like, what? What do you want? And I stood up and it was pitch black in our living room, you know, in that trailer that we lived in. Mm-hmm. It was pitch black in there and I start feeling on the couches. Nobody was there. Whoa. And, I was, and I was like, okay. And I just kind of like backed up to my brother's room because, you know, his room was like right off the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, I just ran inside there and I just slammed that door shut and I crawled into bed with him and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I kept hearing something calling me to wake up. And he was like, well, just lay by me. He's like, just, he's like, you're all right, just lay by me. Hmm. And he was like, well, who did it sound like? And I was like, it sounded like JJ and Raquel. And he was like, well, you know, JJ went home, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, and Raquel sleeps with my mom. So he's like, you can sleep in here with me. He's like, I don't care. Mm. And I was like, and I was like, okay. And so I don't know. I still don't know what was telling me to wake up. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> There you go. Oh, but I was going to tell you, um, when I listened to my, um, I listened to, uh, you know, my episode, that yeah. first one. Yeah. You called? I listened to it on my big TV in the living room. Yeah. And this was the only time my cat started, like, trying to act up. Like, she was, like, you know, running around my TV, and she was, like, she grabbed my sweet grass and she brought it over to me, actually. Really? Yeah, she put it like in her little mouth and she took off and she like brought it over to me and dropped it in front of my like feet. And then she ran back and she was sitting behind my TV and I was like, what the? <laughs> I was like, why are you doing that? Because other than that, she'll, she'll sit by me and she'll just sit on my lap. But the only time she's ever done that was when I listened to um, that podcast, or, you know, that Lodge Tales of mine yeah. on, on my TV, where she, like, freaked out. Weird. Yeah, it was really weird. Colton was like, what is she doing? Why is she acting like that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, she's never acted like that before. Yeah, you better smudge after this. I usually do after these. We talk like this. I usually smudge after I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, because when you're talking, you might bring them up and they might, you know, start coming around again. You just, I just don't want that, you know. And I also pray for the person that uh, I do the podcast with, you know, if we're telling really scary ones. 
I usually mm -hmm. smudge and mention that person in my prayers too. I don't I just don't want nothing to come around. I was I was dreaming and I don't know if I told you this but I was dreaming and uh well did I ever tell you that? That I seen him in my dream? He came? No. Okay, I'll tell you. So he had this pair of tin snips. <laughs> I kept okay. those. Yeah, I kept those. I used them. I just used them today at work. And uh, I, I, that's why I keep them. Because just to remember Grandpa by. And I use them at work. They're my best pair of tack strip cutters as installing carpet today. <laughs> but anyways, um, so in my dream, I had those. And uh, I was looking down at my toolbox and I was installing carpet. And I was looking out this window of this farmhouse, like kind of out in this field. And it was summer. It was clear blue sky the sun was just coming up it was early in the morning and uh i was already in at that house working and i've never been to this house i don't know where it's at but yeah. so across that field way down there i see this really bright white yellow light looks like a small little sun and it's about oh about the size of a um geez i don't know about two feet tall about that round and it's just floating over that grass and it comes up I was looking at it and for some reason I just knew that was grandpa and I was just staring like oh that's how he looks now whoa I'm just watching him <laughs> anyways he comes up so I turn around and uh, I don't want to stare at him you know because I don't want to be rude so I turn around and I put my head down and and I was just sitting there waiting for him to come in. And he came in through that wall. And he came in from behind me. He was like kitty corner right of me. That's where he stopped. Just, just where I couldn't see him like in my blind spot. And he just stopped there. And when he came in I could feel warmth from that light or whatever he was. I could feel the warmth. But it wasn't like heat warm. It was... The only way I can describe it is if, if there was like pure love. That's how you... It feels, it feels warm. I don't know how else to describe it, but that's kind of how it was. And I, I said, uh, I said, Grandpa, I said, do you know that I take you with me on every job I go on? And he said, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and I said, um, I said, well, how is everybody over there? Oh, they're all good. Yeah, they're good. I said, well, well how's Grandma? Oh, she's doing good, too. She just got back. I don't know what he was talking about. That's what he said. And then I start thinking about these old dogs we had named Chopper, Niskani, and Peanuts. And I said, How, how's uh, Peanuts and Niskani and Chopper? Oh, they're good, too. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> that was it. And I woke up. And I was like, I had tears in my eyes. And I woke up. <laughs> this other time, I'll tell you another one. Um... It, <laughs> it was uh it was christmas morning and uh they're not um, it was in heart butte well christmas eve they're all opening presents christmas eve and see that flood house in town man it was a really happy place and grandma and grandpa must have quit drinking but grandma made it a really happy place it was always good memories there when grandma was alive it was always yeah. really good there then they finally moved out to that house into med they just had it built but they stayed at that flood house for a long time. Anyways, uh, that morning or that evening, they were all opening presents. All those kids are happy. Ann and Daryl, all the kids, grandkids, they're all there. And I was standing there just back from everybody. And I said, um, I said, you know, under my breath, I said, Grandpa, uh, look at these people here. I said, I don't even think they know how blessed they are right now. Do you remember when, when I was small, Grandpa, that we used to have this? You know, I just, I said, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. And, uh, I said, no, you don't have to, but, you know, just give me a sign. I'll know that you heard me. But but you don't have to, Grandpa. I'm just, you know, if you think of it, just go ahead. And so I, that night, we, me and Amber made a floor, a bed on the floor, and we fell asleep, and woke up that next morning to a phone call well just before that phone was ringing i was dreaming and uh 
I came to and I was looking around and it was summer. It wasn't winter, it was summer. And I looked down at my feet and I was like, what the hell? I had on like these really high moccasins. They went up, but it's almost like they were guarding my shins from stickers or something. How I had them tied. Had on like this little bridge cloth thing and I looked at my skin and oh, I just had dark skin like a full blood. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, I just, and there was these two little boys. One was about eight and the other one was about 12. And I start looking around and I, oh, I know what I'm doing. Jeez, what the hell I was thinking? Why am I so confused? I know what I'm doing now. And I was telling them, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. When all those buffalo come, you see these rocks we got piled up like this? And I was making a shape like a V. They're going to have to come through here like that. It's going to channel them out. But you guys on the sides down there, you need to jump up so that they go through that part. And we, we chase them off of that, that cliff and they fall there. And that's where we'll get them. And I was teaching them that. And uh, we're all talking Indian. And that little kid kept messing up. <laughs> and so... Finally, in Indian, I said, uh, I said, you, if you do that, when we're out there, your family's going to starve. And if you want your family to starve, then do that again. Well, you know, I was really scolding him like that. And I, yeah. <laughs> just as I said that and I was teaching him, I got pulled out that. It's like I was back in time or something, but I got pulled out. And it started getting tunnel vision when I was pulled out. But all last vision I could see is those two boys. And uh, that young one, he cupped his hands over his mouth. And I could hear him yelling something. Oh, blows, oh, blows. Wait, wait, what? I don't know how I willed myself to not get pulled out there, but I even got closer to him. Like that ring got bigger, I got closer. And um, what was that? I, I heard him and he was screaming at me. And he said, Appa Skinner. And I, I said, what? But what's that? I know I heard it, but I want to hear it again, kind of thing. And he yelled it again, Appa Skinna. Then I just uh -huh. I got pulled out of it, and I woke up. I was thinking that was odd. And here, Daryl said, "Hey, it's your dad." And so oh, my dad. So I answered the phone. What you guys gonna do today? So oh, nothing. We're just gonna. You know, stop by here, stop by the open presence, this, that, and the other. He said, well, stop by, huh? I said, yeah. I said, I'll be up there. Okay. Said, hey, wait, Dad. I said, um, does this mean anything to you? And I said that. Like that. And he said, well, wait, I'm right here with Betty. He said, I'll ask her. And he said, well, how does that go again? I said it, and he told her, and he said, uh, oh, that's Dad's Indian name. It means weasel horn. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was saying. He's okay over there. He's like way better, you know. Well, thank you all for joining us again. And um, that does it for Taryn. Uh, all you patrons, all you listeners, everybody that supports the show. Thank you for tuning in and being here with us. And thank you to all the new members in Lodge Tales, the Facebook group, for joining. I really appreciate that uh, you guys are in there. If you all have any feedback on how, how the show's doing, what you would like to see more of, just drop a few lines in there. Let us know. Or you can email me, you know, at lodgetales at gmail. Yeah, just email me and me your feedback i really appreciate it because it, it really it helps me kind of figure out where i need to go with the show as far as you know i know my sound quality has been horrible and i've made too much noise with the background music at times <laughs> rookie mistakes i really apologize for that but um i'll keep trying we'll keep doing this and uh i'm hoping well, I've got a few ideas of where I'm going to go with the next uh, release of these podcasts. Um, I got another uh, law enforcement person that's going to be joining us soon. I have another guy that worked at a, um, the old Morgan Browning. He's got some stories for us. Um, there's another guy that has some Bigfoot stories for us. 
So I'm not sure where I want to go more with that. My Aunt Jenny wants to get back on and, and talk about dreams at some point. Um, Mikey Conley, he's got more stories about the jail. So yeah, we, we've got we've got some stuff coming up here that's going to be pretty interesting too. And uh, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening from, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. All right. Till next time, we'll see you.